the book of Acts, chapter 17, and, um, of course, uh, here in uh, chapter 17, this is uh, Paul preaching, and he's preaching in Athens, and um, I always thought it was interesting uh, here, uh, I wonder if, the, well, I'm, I'm assuming this is still not there, uh, but uh, when he was in Athens, he said he found a, a particular um, altar it says in verse 23, For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Uh, he said, Whom therefore you ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. And so Paul just kind of took advantage of, of their ignorance, and they said, We're, we're worshiping the unknown God. And, and you know, and that, that's, uh, uh, that was their way of covering their bases, right? Just in case there's some other God out there, you know, we don't know about, we're going to make an altar to that God that we don't know about. And Paul said, Well, that's our God and that you don't know about. Uh, and so then he started preaching about the God that made the world and all things therein. And, you know, uh, if, if you read the story of Genesis, and, of course, uh, you know, the book of Genesis is an amazing book. Um, and, you know, I take it uh, if it means that God created the earth in seven days, then I don't know why that's any uh, a controversial topic to say that God didn't make the earth in seven days. And apparently in, in the church there's warfares fought about that God didn't really make it seven days. It was seven God days and not seven man days. And, I, you know, why would, I don't know why he would say it that way. He could have just said he made it in his own time over an infinite period of time. But uh, he told Moses, who was pretty smart, you know, Moses could have understood other things. He told Moses he made it in seven days. I think it's pretty reasonable to assume they made it in seven days. Uh, and, uh, but if you look at the story of creation uh, in uh, in Christianity, the story of creation, although it's amazing, it's still very believable, right? Uh, that God just created, he spoke things into existence that wasn't there. Uh, if you go to other religions, uh, you know, in some of the Hindu religions, they've got the earth sitting on a turtle, sitting on top of elephants or something like that, you know. And, of course, uh, when they went to the moon, they looked back just to double check, make sure there wasn't any elephants holding up the earth and there wasn't no elephants or turtles holding up the earth. Uh, and if you go to other stories of creation, they're, they're uh, just, just kind of weird, you know, and, and uh, they make no sense. But, of course, back then when people were writing things, they didn't know that someday we would be able to confirm yes or no that these things were done this way. And so um, now that, that, you know, they check on those things and find out that, uh, sure enough, the earth is not held up by a bunch of elephants and turtles. And so, uh, but the, the story of the, the earth the Lord creating the earth, it all makes sense if it's a supernatural God with an infinite power that he can do these things, amen? And really, um, uh, although men try oftentimes to find out uh, or to, to confirm that the, that the Lord didn't really do those things, they've never been able to su successfully do it. Now, the, the Bible is not a science book. It's not intended to be a science book. But everything in the, in the Bible is true. And, um, uh, and really... Uh, the greatest scientists over the years have come have started from the premise that the Lord that the Lord did exactly what He said He would do, and uh, and so then when they go out and try to confirm creation, because science is really just the study of how the Lord created things, and it's our attempt to understand how He did that, and the rules governing those things, and so uh, the greatest scientists understand that God put things in motion. And they're not trying to disprove that God exists. They're trying to understand how God created everything. And that's, that's what a wise person would do. It's, it's the people that are unwise who uh, say that God didn't create anything. Um, who was the, the famous uh, astrophysicist, um, uh, Stan, uh, 
Hawkins, right? Uh, uh, of course, he didn't believe in God at all, you know. Uh, and, you know, to me, it's like, how can somebody so smart be so dumb not to look at creation and understand that there's no way this could have happened by accident, you know? And they, of course, they say that before anything existed, all of creation was, was all smashed up in the tiny little dot, infinitely small. And then something happened. They don't know what happened, but something happened, and it exploded, and, and uh, they call it the Big Bang. Uh, and it's their way of explaining the way uh, away from what God did, but it could still line up with the way God created it. You know, I'm not, I don't know whether I believe in the Big Bang or not. I believe that the Lord created everything. Uh, and so uh, it, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not really important, but um, uh, as far as uh, believing the Lord, uh, but I would encourage you, uh, don't believe what, what mankind says. And, of course, they'll, they'll tell you, well, scientists know. You know, scientists don't know anything. You know, uh, the, the whole scientific method is to come up with a theory and then tr- try to prove that theory is true or not. Uh, and even if they prove it uh, to, to be uh, accurate to the best of their knowledge, that still could change. You know, the, I mean, there was a time when they thought that the earth was the center of the universe. Uh, and people went to jail when they said that it wasn't, right? Remember, uh, Galileo was, was a scientist, a member of the Catholic Church. And uh, he started searching the stars and the planets and motions of those things and started coming to the conclusion that maybe it, the Earth is not the center of the universe. Uh, and, uh, but before that, this, all the scientists said, absolutely, the Earth is the center of the universe. Uh, and, of course, they were wrong. The Earth is, is just a, a tiny planet around an average-sized sun, uh, in a large uh, Milky Way galaxy. Uh, and so, you know, these things, I do read about those things, about scientific discoveries, uh, but I always hold it with a grain of salt because how many things have they changed their minds over the years, right? Uh, and how many things do they still not even understand? They, don't, they can tell you and measure things like gravity, and, and uh, they can use their knowledge of how gravity works to go to the moon or put satellites around the Earth, but they have no idea how it actually works. You know, where does it come from? You know, uh, the magnetic poles, you know, where do these things come from? How does magnetism work? They know it's there. They can measure it. They can utilize their knowledge of it to, to think, make things like a compass. Uh, but they can't tell you how it actually works. You, where does it come from? You know, they, they can tell you, you know, how rockets work and, and different uh, types of energy. But they can't tell you how gravity works. They can't tell you where it comes from. And so, uh, and you'd think that the, as smart as they think they are, that they would have figured that out by now. But there's a lot of unknown uh, uh, answers to questions uh, in the scientific world. Uh, and so don't ever let people bully you in, in the area of uh, knowledge that their knowledge supersedes your faith uh, because they're always wrong, amen? That uh, They don't have the wisdom of God. And if they did have the wisdom of God, they would know that their knowledge is limited uh, and not able to explain everything that there is. You know, how, I mean... Uh, we won't go into all the theory about the things like evolution. You know, the theory of evolution is just that. It's still called the theory of evolution. Why? Because nobody knows. Nobody was there back when they think the theory started. And so, of course, their theory, the theory of evolution is really a poor theory in, in, uh, in my observation. Uh, it doesn't withstand any kind of scrutiny at all. And so, but they will, they will tell you that, uh, uh, that these things are true. Amen. Uh, but it says that the Lord created these things. Uh, he said, uh, uh, he said uh, back in verse 24, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is the Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything. Uh, 
it says, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. Uh, and the end of that verse is, is really what, what I wanted to, to mention today, that the Lord gives to all. He gives to all of us life and breath and all things. Uh, and that, that word life there is not physical life. It's not mental life. It's zoe. It's the God kind of life. And when mankind came into the world, all men had the Zoe life in them, the God kind of life. Uh, and, of course, we chose uh, to not uh, pursue that somewhere along the way. And then when we got born again, we got to have that life back. Uh, but the Lord, is, he says he gives to all life. Amen. Uh, and so humanity has a right and a privilege designed by God to live an amazing uh, life full of joy and peace and happiness if we choose to follow the Lord. Uh, and. You know, anybody with any intelligence, if you could read the Bible with an open mind, of course, you need really the Spirit of God to grant you revelation of the Bible. But um, uh, following the Word of God and living by the principles of Christianity uh, will always lead to a God kind and a God quality of life. Uh, And if that's valuable to you, then that's something that you should pursue, right? Now, some people would would still, they'll look at the, the God kind of life and they'll look at the life of the flesh and oftentimes, they'll still, well, I would still rather have the life of the flesh. Well, they can do that. You know, it's really a, a not very intelligent uh, decision to make. But sometimes people will do that, right? Sometimes in, in the heat of the moment, they'll choose to do that too. Uh, but uh, if we could really understand that, that God's desire is that we can live a life that's full of his life, that's the God kind and the God quality of life. Well, what's the God kind of life? Well, how much sickness and disease does God deal with every day? How much pain and hurt does God deal with every day? How much anguish and heartache does God deal with every day? Well, that's the God kind of life. That's the God quality of life. Amen? Uh, how, how many soup kitchens does the Lord have to uh, visit to have his needs met? Uh, how, much, uh, how often is the Lord homeless and, and dealing with mental issues and physical issues? And, uh, that's, the Lord doesn't deal with any of those things. And he says he wants us to have that kind of life. Of course, he told us that... Uh, that he came that we might have life and that we might have it, uh, how? More abundantly, right? Uh, and so he said that's why he came. He came to bring us life. He didn't come. In fact, he said he didn't come to judge the world. He will judge the world, but that's not why he came when he came to the earth. He came to, for other things to show us here's how to a- avoid the judgment that will surely come at the end of time. Amen? And if we'll follow the Lord's plan, then uh, the, the judgment as far as condemning us to, to eternal damnation will uh, will be passed over in that just like the passover you know he'll just uh will have the blood of jesus on us and uh and when it comes to to meet out that judgment uh, he will look over us now he will still correct us about things and he will still judge us for the things that we've done to determine uh, what if any uh, treasures in heaven that we'll obtain and we're thankful for that but as far as judging our eternal destiny well, that will be overlooked because of the blood of Jesus upon our life. Uh, and uh, it's really a good way to live, amen? It, to live the life of God, to live a life uh, of Zoe, of the God kind, the God quality of life. It's really a great way to live. Uh, and, uh, and yet people fight it every day, right? The church fights it every day, right? People in the church fight it every day. The people in the world fight it every day. They just, uh, they, they, we have not done a good job selling that to the, to the people of the church and to people of the world that, uh, God's way is a wonderful way. It's not restricting. It's not holding us back. It's not putting us under. It's not putting us in bondage. It's freeing us to live an absolute uh, joyful and pleasant life. Amen. 
Uh, and so it's really a good way to live. And so he has given us all things. Uh, he's given to all life and breath and all things. Amen. And so it's a good way to live. So I would encourage you, uh, you know, in your life, you have to decide how much of this do you want. Amen. And there's no limit to how much you can have. It's just the limit is how much do you want. Amen. And so I was back listening to one of Brother Randy's messages. He was talking about you know, how, how much do you want, right? How, how bad do you want it? And I remember a message from John Osteen, the same, same, uh, same kind of message. Uh, how, how big is your want to? Amen. And I know people, anybody know people whose want to is broken? You know, they don't want anything, right? Uh, and it's a sad place to be, right? I wanted everything. I want everything the Lord wants me to have. Amen. I don't want anything more than what the Lord wants me to have, but I want everything the Lord wants me to have. Amen. Uh, and so praise God. Well, let's stand and greet each other for just a minute, and then we'll get into praise and worship. In all things. Father, if you've given us breath, we will use that breath to declare your goodness. We will worship you, Father, with our breath. We will speak of you, Father, with our breath. And speak of your good things. Speak of your kindness and mercy. Speak of your great love that you show towards humanity. Speak, Father, of you sending the Lord Jesus into the earth to live and die on our behalf. Father, we will use that breath that you've given to us. Speak of good things of you, Father. Speak of good things of our brothers and sisters. And to the world, Father, we will speak of the good things of God. That you are merciful and kind. That you are receptive, Father, of all humanity. Turn no one away from Father, we will speak of the good things that you've done for us. And we will worship you, Father, in your goodness and mercy. We will worship you, Father, as the creator of all things, as the giver, giver of all life. Father, we thank you for the breath that you've given to us. And we will not waste it, Father. We will put it to good use. And Father, we will not allow natural things, Father, to speak on our behalf. We will not allow the rocks, Father, to cry out by us holding our tongue. Father, we will speak and sing and declare and worship, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. For your goodness and mercy, Father. Your kindness, Father. Father, we thank you for giving us your breath. Father, twice you breathed on humanity, and the spirit of life came into them. Father, that breath comes from you. Thank you, Father, for the breath of heaven. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And Jerry, would you mind coming up here? I need to pray for you if that's all right. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for your goodness and mercy and kindness. 
Father, we thank you. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for days and weeks and months and years even walking with you. Walking with you, Father, beside you. And allowing you, Father, to walk in. So, Father, I thank you for days of increase. Days of increase, Father, of knowledge and wisdom of your Spirit, Father. Days of increase of the, of the things of the Spirit. Things that have been hidden from before the foundation of the world, Father, to be revealed to him. Father, to see things that have only been questions in his life for years, Father, even decades. Answers, Father, to questions. Knowledge, Father, of things hidden. Father, I thank you. A day of promotion, a day of increase, Father. A day, Father, to walk closely with you. Father, I thank you that even in the short days and weeks to come, Father, that a greater awareness, Father, of your presence, a greater knowledge of your spirit, Father, will begin to rise up and blossom, Father, and produce fruit in his life. Father, I thank you for days of promotion, Father. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. desires, the desires of his heart, Father, are met. Father, he's desired spiritual things, Father, that he has not yet seen in his life. And Father, he will see them. Things of the Spirit, Father, he has desired to look into and to know. Father, those desires will be met. They will not leave this earth unanswered. So, Father, I thank you. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that it's done. Father, that it begins today, Father. We thank you for it, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Father, we worship you. We thank you, Father, for being good to us. We thank you, Father, for providing all things for us, to us. Thank you, Father. Father, for all these things, we give you praise and honor and thanksgiving, Father, for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Is the Lord good? Yes. He's good all the time. We thank Him for His goodness. Amen. It's always good to have a, a thankful attitude in all that we do. Amen. We're not thankful for hard times, the difficult things, difficult times. That would be kind of dumb. Uh, but we are thankful the Lord delivers us out of everything. Amen. Uh, and so we're thankful for that. Amen. Uh, and so uh, let's open up our Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 7. We'll continue there today. Uh, uh, we're actually getting fairly close to the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Amen. So we'll, um, 
We'll see how that goes. We've got down to uh, verse 15 of chapter 7. Uh, and he, Jesus starts talking to, uh, you think about it, he's talking to uneducated people for the most part, right? People without degrees, people without position, people without titles. And he tells them to beware of false prophets. Uh, and so that's, a, that's interesting. In verse 15, he says, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves, hungry wolves. Uh, and so uh, if there were false prophets when Jesus was on the earth, are there false prophets today? They are, amen? Uh, and he said, what's the end of false prophets? They do damage and harm to the body of Christ, amen? Uh, do false prophets do damage and harm to the body of Christ today? Uh, well, they do, amen? You know, uh, for the most part, it's not entirely but for the most part, false prophets will tend to come from our type of circles, right? Charismatic Pentecostal circles. Because you get outside of our circles, and a lot of the church doesn't even believe there are prophets at all. Amen? So, uh, and of course, who do you think is uh, telling the people those things? Generally, it's false prophets, right? <laughs> Who's the best one to say, you know, it's just like the devil has convinced the world that he doesn't exist. Well, who do you think is convincing the world that the devil doesn't exist? Well, that would be the devil, right? Uh, and so... Uh, that doesn't mean if you believe it, you're a false prophet. But, uh, but you notice, uh, Jesus doesn't say much about the people that are believing these things. You know, what you'll find oftentimes in the Word of God is the Lord, you know, although people believe really weird things sometimes, uh, sometimes her, uh, things that are heresy, right? Well, God put that sickness on me. God put that disease on me. That's heresy. I mean, that, that's, that, that's, it's not borderline heresy. It's heresy to claiming that God is harming his children, right? Uh, and so... But he doesn't, he doesn't come out really strong against people who believe dumb things because, uh, you know, people are just dumb, right? I mean, it's amazing we can make it through life anyway without the help of the Lord. Uh, but he is very harsh against those who teach those things, who lead people into error. Uh, and he, he reserves his greatest uh, uh, condemnation in the Gospels to the leadership of the, of the nation of Israel, to the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Herodians, those that were leading the people astray. It wasn't so much about the people that were believing wrong things, because people always believe wrong things, but uh, it's the people that lead those people into wrong things that he, he reserves the harshest judgment for. And you'll find that all the way through the Old Testament, the New Testament. Uh, and don't you all want to become leaders in the body of Christ then, right? Uh, well, there's not a problem being a leader as long as your heart is to do what the Lord wants you to do. Amen? Uh, but if you have uh, ulterior motives, then, the, then they're... Uh, I would encourage you to seek the face of God, amen, uh, and not your own benefits. But uh, the, the false prophets, you know, so what's the motivation behind false prophets? Well, there's a lot of different motivations. Uh, we'll, we'll see as we get in some of them. Oftentimes, it's got to do with money, right? They're, they're prophesying things out of your pocket, out of your billfold. Uh, but in, in this case, uh, there's just a general desire to harm people, right? To ravening, hungry wolves that want to eat the sheep. Well, that, uh, a lot of times there's no, uh, there's, there's oftentimes not even an end goal, you know, as far as I want to enrich myself or I want to have position or title uh, because the devil hates people. He hates the church. It's just to produce harm in people's life, uh, get them sidetracked from, from the true gospel, get them sidetracked out of, out of the righteous things that the Lord wants us to believe. Uh, and the, the, there's no, no particular end goal other than to create havoc in the church. Uh, and so... You know, because you wonder, well, why would, they, why would they do these things? Ravening wolves, right? They just want to eat the sheep. 
Uh, and, and so it, it's not, and of course, uh, they want to feed themselves by the sheep, right? And of course, uh, we see that lots of times, amen? So, uh, we've, of course, we've talked about this some, and we're going to go through and look at some, some uh, ways that uh, we can avoid this problem, amen? Uh, how long will false pro- pro- prophets be in the church? As long as we're on the earth, right? I mean, when, when things are said and done, we get a new heaven, a new earth, and those things will be dealt with, and they won't be in the church anymore. Uh, so, are these things we need to be aware of? They are, amen? Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, I've seen people, and, and you listen to them, uh, I mean, I know people, uh, there was, a, there was a, a group of people who, who, who came up with this doctrine called the simple church. Anybody ever heard that? Uh, and they said, well, the simple church, uh, we need to sell all of our buildings, get rid of all of our land, um, get rid of all of our pastors, and just meet on our couch, you know, and that's the simple church, right? That's, that's God's church, even though, I mean, that wasn't the way the nation of Israel was set up. The way, I mean, the church at, at Jerusalem was about fifty to 80,000 people. The church at Antioch had thousands of people. Uh, the church at Rome probably had thousands of people. You know, I don't know where they get this idea from that God only wants the people sitting on a couch, right? Uh, and so, uh, but the, the whole purpose of it was to get rid of the ministry, to get rid of the leadership in the church, because it's the leadership that's responsible to, to hold back the evil doctrines of the enemy, amen? God has equipped the ministry with that ability. Now, you have that ability to some extent, but God has equipped the ministry to teach people to, uh, he said, to perfect the saints, to cause them to grow up. And there's no, the, the, he never told the sheep to cause the other sheep to grow up. He told the ministry to, to teach the people in order to cause them to grow up. So the only way that the, the sheep can grow up in the Lord is through the ministry, through the, pro, the primary, the pastor, but also through the apostle, prophet, evangelist, uh, and teacher as well. Uh, and so if you can get rid of that, see, then you can keep people ignorant and you can, you can play them for a fool, amen, uh, and you can harm the church. Well, that, that doctrine, I mean, you can listen to five seconds of it and go, well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, if you had a brain. But I had a lot of people, oh, you've got to listen to this guy. He's amazing. He's the most amazing thing ever. And I listened to him like, you know, now I powered through and listened to like, he had like uh, short messages because, you know, uh, you, you just he didn't have anything to say, right? So he could only say nothing for a few minutes and he had to quit. Uh, and so, but I, I powered through several of his videos just to watch him, you know, and, and everyone was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I mean, every one of them, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. No Bible for it, no, no historical precedence for it, just made it up. And the people just eating it up, I said, how, how can you do that, amen? Sometimes I wonder about people. You know, I mean, uh, uh, you have the Spirit of God, the most amazing power in you right now. How is it possible that the church has ever led astray? And yet, the church has led astray, right? And it's because we will listen to our, our mind, our intellect, instead of listening to our spirit man. Because your spirit man would go, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But your mind would go, I think he's got a point. I think, you know, I, I like that point right there. Now, why? Because rebellion sets up, right? You know, uh, there's certain groups of people that just don't want to be told what to do. They don't want anybody standing up in the pulpit and says, well, the Bible says you've got to do this. The Bible says you've got to do that. Well, I don't want somebody telling me that. You know, I want to. I want to have options. Uh, uh, if the Lord says walk in love, yeah, but is it okay if I don't? Sometimes, you know, sometimes I just. Uh, and, and so, if I don't have any leadership o- over me in the Lord, right, in the church, telling me, well, you, you don't have an option. If it says walk in love, you got to walk in love. Well, I don't like that. I, I want options. I want to be able to have, you know, sometimes if I don't want to walk in love, I want somebody to tell me sometimes it's okay. And you know, a minister won't do that, but a, she- a wolf will do that. Wolf will tell you, oh, just. 
whatever, you know, if you're feeling bad, it's okay sometimes to feel bad. It's okay to lash out on occasion and, you know, eat the sheep. You know, it's, sometimes, you know, you just can't help yourself. No, it's sin. Amen? It's all sin. You can't do that. Stop doing that. Uh, and so, but false prophets will let you live however you want to. Amen? And the, their goal is to destroy the sheep. Well, that means their goal is to destroy you. They're ravening wolves. They're, trying to, they're not trying to destroy the, the, the ministers, right? They're not trying to store the, destroy the shepherds. They're trying to destroy, destroy the sheep, amen? The, the wolves do not attack the shepherd. They attack the sheep. Uh, and they try to get the sheep to rebel against the shepherd is what they're trying to do. And, now, and of course, many of them do that, amen? Uh, but see, don't, don't be a dumb sheep. I mean, he called a sheep. Now, I am a sheep when I'm not in the pulpit. I'm a sheep just like you. And the Lord picked sheep because they're, they're one of the dumbest mammals on the earth, right? I mean, they're right up there with just, you know, uh, you got a brick and then you got a sheep, right? I mean, they're about the same level of intelligence, amen? And, and, and so uh, then we had, a, we had a friend of ours that had bought some sheep one time. I'm going to raise sheep. Who sits around going, you know what I'd rather like to do more than anything? I'm going to go buy me some sheep. Now, they never, they weren't like a farmer or, you know, you didn't own any land. You know, they just, I want to buy some sheep. And they, they ended up, this is terrible, right? Now, but it's a story, right? They, they were so dumb and so, so impossible to deal with, they shot them. They just killed them. And it's like, I don't think, I sacrificed them or what? But, you know, and so, so I, I mean, I can't hook up with them killing the sheep, obviously, but, uh, but uh, they, they were like, these are the most amazingly dumb animals I've ever dealt with, right? I mean, a dog, you know, is fairly intelligent, right? Even a cat. You know, cats smart, they just don't want, they just don't want to, right? They know exactly what to do, they just don't want to. Uh, and so, uh, but he said, he said, you'll know them by their fruits. And then he goes and talks uh, all, all the verse 15 to verse 20 is talking about false prophets. So, uh, and he, he ends up with saying that you know them by their fruits. And in verse 20, he's, uh, he repeats it. Wherefore, by their fruits, you shall know them. So, uh, is it possible to know if, if a, a prophet is a false prophet or not? He said, you can, Amen. Uh, and he said that, that uh, now he's talking to the sheep. Jesus, as a shepherd, is talking to the sheep, that the sheep have the ability to know when there's a false prophet. So you don't need another prophet to tell you that it's a false prophet. Uh, you have the ability. And now, uh, uh, and we'll look at, uh, we're going to look at, uh, well, how do, we, how do we judge this? Because one thing we want to do is we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Because some people, you know, if there's ever been a false prophet, they'll just throw out, no, there are no prophets at all. Now, in much of the church, you know, you can get to different circles of the church. One group of church, uh, they, they don't even believe pastors, right? Well, what do you call the guy behind the pulpit? He's a teaching elder. Okay. In other words, he's a pastor, right? Well, you know, kind of a pastor, right? Uh, you know, uh, we, don't, we don't do that. You're doing it in, in everything other than the title, right? I mean, the titles are meaningless, you know. The, uh, but, um, uh, you know, if you look at when Jesus appeared on the scene, before he appeared on the scene, you know, the, the, of course, it wasn't a church yet, but the, in, they had synagogues, right, which were similar churches. They were local physical buildings where the Jewish people would gather at their local communities, and they would have uh, typically a reading of the Scripture and, and maybe some, some commentary on it. You know, there's a lot of, uh, the, the, there's the Torah, which is the actual Old Testament book, but there's also this book called the Talmud, which is, which is all of the Jewish uh, uh, commentary about it. And, and these things are ancient, you know, hundreds and, uh, and, and sometimes thousands of years old. And a lot of just made up stories and myths and legends of things that did, never happened. There's no Bible for it, right? But they'll talk about uh, so-and-so, you know, that it's not mentioned in the Bible. Well, so-and-so did this. Well, is that true or not? Well, we don't know. But, um, uh, but that's, so they would read these things. 
but they never they never came uh, across from from uh, and preached anything from any from any um, uh, authority standpoint. So when Jesus showed up, he started saying, "This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears," and they would say, "We've never heard such authority before." You know, because the, the way the, the Jewish people, they, they would never preach from, yeah, this is absolutely what it says. They were like, well, you know, maybe it says it, but, you know, we don't really know. And so they never really spoke anything from, from authority. And Jesus showed up and said, this is exactly what it means. And so they, they, it, it was really blew their minds, right? But, and there's people in a church that they, they don't like to speak with any authority. If the Word of God says that, well, you know, I know it says that, but, you know, maybe it doesn't really mean that, right? Well, if that's what it says, then that's what it means. But... Uh, it's not really hard to understand, amen? Uh, and so Jesus said the first way that, that you're going to know about a false prophet is uh, by their fruits. What, what do they produce in their life, amen? Uh, and, and we should uh, not approach prophets with a suspicious attitude, amen? If someone says that they're a prophet, you know, it, it's, it's to me, it's, well, I'm just going to wait and see. Amen? If you say you're a prophet, well, then let's just wait and see. I, I don't have to judge them and be suspicious about it. Let's just wait and see. Uh, and so he said, uh, we'll know them by their fruits. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to me, that's an interesting uh, first way of, of looking at somebody. And, and for me personally, th- this has been, always been to me one of the things that's more, most important to me over really anything else. Again, of course, that's what Jesus prioritizes here is I want to see how you act when we get outside this building. I want to see how you act when we get down to the red light. I want to see how you act when we get to the restaurant and, and your order is wrong, or your price is too high, or, or the, the ticket's not correct. I want to see how you treat your wife when you're at home, right? I want to see, you know, I don't care about how you mow your yard, or is your sock drawer organized. I mean, you know, some people say, well, just all you need to know is just let me see how your sock drawer is organized. What? No, I mean, who cares, right? I mean, how important is that anyway? Amen. Now, my sock drawer is actually organized, right? I mean, you open up the drawer, you've got three rows of socks, I got all the short socks there, and I got, you know, my work socks in the middle, and I got, you know, my, my wool socks in the third row there, and if you open up the other drawer, I've got my, my, my boring dress socks over here, and I got my exciting dress socks over here, you know, they're, they're, they're all laid out, right? And you, if you need socks, I can, I can tell you, third drawer, right-hand side, second row, that'd be exactly the sock that you need, right? Now, you probably all aren't like that, amen? Uh, I think Chris has got like a sock bucket. Right? I mean, every sock just goes in there. You got play socks and dress socks all, you know, hanging out with each other. I mean, you know, it's just chaos, complete chaos, right? Uh, but that's not the fruit of your life. Your sock drawer is not, is not the fruit of your life. Amen? It's just what's important to you. Amen? And clearly, uh, Chris's sock drawer is way down on the list of things important to her life. Amen? Uh, and so, uh, and that's fine. I mean, I, and I really could care less. I mean, I don't go in there and go, hey, you need to clean your sock drawer. I don't... It's her, I don't care how her sock drawer is organized, right? Uh, now, I, I don't want her putting my socks away because, you know, every now and then, you know, that's out of order. Why'd you, why'd you put that there? It didn't belong there. It goes up there, right? And it goes second row. No, no, first row. What's wrong with you? Uh, and so, you know, I don't, so I don't like people touching my things because they get them out of order, right? And, and so, but that's not the fruit that he's talking about. The fruit is what, you, what do you produce in your life, amen? How are you treating people, amen? How do you treat... Uh, you know, the, uh, I mean, I've been around lots of ministers. I'm a minister, right? But I'm not like in, in, the, in the royalty class of ministry, right? I mean, you get some ministry class and they're royalty, right? I mean, they got the robe, they got the crown, you know. Uh, uh, and, and anybody remember the stories of John Alexander Dowie back, you know, he was 100 years ago or so. And, 
Uh, I mean, he started out with amazing, spectacular miracles and signs and wonders in his ministry. But somewhere along the way, he decided he's Elijah. And he started wearing this big, uh, like, Elijah hat, right? This big robe, all this stuff. It's like, what in the world, right? Uh, clearly, uh, his wife doesn't love him. Because if I did that, my wife would be like, no, you're not wearing that. Take that off. You look dumb, right? Because she would bring me back to humanity where I live, amen? She wouldn't let me get into that royal status, right? Now, of course, some wives would be like, honey, that's wonderful, you know? Uh, I'm glad I'm not married to, to someone who's just going to feed my ego, uh, amen? Uh, and so I wouldn't mind her feeding it every now and then. But, you know, uh, for the most part, she, she doesn't do it at all. Uh, and so, uh, but what, what's their fruits? See, when, when I'm, when I'm uh, uh, around somebody for the first time or, you know, early in the ministry, uh, to me, it's just as much important as I want to find out how you operate outside the building. I want to find out how you treat people when you're not here. I want to see how you treat, you know, if you're a pastor, I want to see how you treat the people that, that work, you know, in the ministry. If you're a guest minister, I want to see how you come and, and treat the sound man. Not, you know, you treat me well because I write checks, right? But the sound man, you know, uh, how do you treat him? How do you treat the door greeter? How do you treat the person who doesn't say anything in church? Just comes, sits in a chair for an hour and then leaves and goes home. They don't say anything, they don't do anything, they can't sing, they can't do, you know, but how do you treat them? Do you treat them with honor and respect or do you just ignore them like they don't exist? Uh, that's what I want to know, amen? Uh, that, that's what I want to see. Uh, and I've seen a lot of ministers that just, you know, I'm just kind of embarrassed about how they treat other people, how they treat, you know, uh, not the pastor, amen? Uh, and, um, and we were at a big meeting, you know, uh, a big church, thousands of people in this church, right? And they had some big guest uh, uh, singer there, and, and, and they sang like angels. I mean, you know, uh, the angels wept when these people sang. It's just amazing, right? It's great talent. But then we got there early because we, you know, I was in praise and worship team. Chris was praise. Let's go early and watch him practice, right? Because, you know, maybe we'll learn something. And, and the guy was so rude to everybody. I mean, just rude. Hey! Stop, 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 stop. No, 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 no. What's wrong with you? And I'm like, and then when, as soon as the first note started at the service, oh, isn't God wonderful? Isn't God precious, you know? Stupid. Stop doing that, right? I mean, but, I mean, what's the point? What's the point of being able to sing like an angel? And he could. And play like, play like a maestro. Amazing talent. But that's not his fruit. That, that's his gift. Amen. Fruit is what comes out of him, amen? It gets us when what's put into him. Uh, and so uh, who cares? I mean, to me, it's like, who cares he can play like that? Uh, you know, there, there, uh, uh, Jerry, remember, that we had, we had a lady that came. Uh, she was from, uh, from, from Georgia. And, um, uh, <clears throat> and so she, she, was a, uh, she could sing. She's a black lady from, from uh, Georgia. She came to visit our church along with her whole church, right? She had a bunch of people that came. But she would sing, and, and, and just, um, she would sing, and just, just heaven would move. Just amazing. And so we, we've got to record this, right? We, so we had, this was back in the day when you had reel-to-reel recorders. We had this big, giant reel-to-reel recorder. We're going to record, we're going to record her singing. I mean, just move heaven when she sang. And so you, you record it, and then you go through, you know, you, then you're going to edit it, right? You're going to you know, make sure everything sounds good and, and mix everything just the right levels and all this stuff. So we're editing it, and it's like, she can't hold a note. You know, she's, she's singing. Now, when she's singing, you know, just heaven is moving and, and, and the earth is shaking, but then when you get into, into the natural side and you're going to tweak it and get it, you know, packaged up for, 
for, to, get, to give to other people. She, her, she, I mean, she was just free to use all the notes. And she wasn't like terrible, but you know, she was a little flat here, a little, a little sharp there, or whatever that means, you know, but it wasn't the right note. Now, I can't tell you what those things, know what those things mean, but I can hear them, amen? And so we, couldn't, we just had to quit. Uh, and so, uh, because when she would sing, she would usher in the presence of God. And, who, and, and so nobody cared about the perfect notes and perfect tone. But she could move heaven. And see, so that was fruit, amen? Uh, and so we, you know, even though, you know, from a natural standpoint, we couldn't use that because uh, you can't bottle up the anointing, right? You can't package the anointing of God. But, when, but in live singing, she, she, can, she can hold the candle. I mean, nobody could hold the candle to her. She's amazing, amen? Uh, and so what kind of fruit do they produce? What, what, how do they, act, do they act like a Christian when they're outside this church? Amen? Uh, are, are they honest? Uh, I, I remember one pastor I was dealing with one time, and um, uh, he, he was talking about getting some new chairs for his church, and you know, he was uh, talking to me about some things, and, uh, and he said, well, I'm going to go down here and get these, uh, these pews or something or chairs from somebody. I think it was some chairs from some not church location. And he says, uh, they were asking so much for that. And he said, I'm going to go tell them, I ain't paying for that. This is God's work. Uh, and and you've got to you know, cut that price in half. And it just grieved my heart because I'm thinking, so you're going to go to the world and tell them that God is broke and, 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 uh, and please come to church and be like me. But, but really, he was manipulating because uh, it wasn't even about that he had the money or didn't have the money. He just didn't want to give him that money. Uh, and, and to me, it was just dishonest. It, it, it just... You know, in my heart, I said, I can't, I'm not doing that. You can do that if you want to, but I'm not doing that. I work for a king, amen? And if I want to pay full price, I'll pay full price if I want to, if that's what the Lord wants me to do, amen? Uh, and so, uh, what's, what's the fruits that you're producing, amen? And, he said, and Jesus, that's the number one uh, way that you're going to know is if they're a false prophet. And, and, and the thing about a false prophet, it's not even what they say that's important. Amen? Because you remember we read, we, uh, we won't go back there, but I'll just read this uh, in Ezekiel 22 in verse 28. Uh, Ezekiel 22 verse 28 says, And their prophets have daubed them with untempered mortar, seeing vanity and divining lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord God when the Lord hath not spoken. It's not about what they say, it's whether the Lord told them to say it or not. Because, you know, anybody who knows any scripture could say things that sound biblical. doesn't mean that the Lord told them to say that. Amen? Uh, now, now, they could also be uh, saying lies, uh, things that are not biblical, uh, and which would be wrong, of course, but they could say things that sound pseudo-biblical, uh, and even could be perfectly biblical. But if the Lord didn't tell them to say it, if they say, thus saith the Lord, the Lord told me to say this, and the Lord didn't tell them actually to say that, they just wanted to say that, uh, then that's just as wrong, amen? Uh, and so, we'll know them by their fruits, and so number one thing is, how do you act outside the pulpit? That's important. And that what Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruits, not by what they say, you know, whether it's book, chapter, and verse, or whether they, you know, they can go through and, and look at the Hebrew and Greek, what they, it's not, no. Look at, how do you act when you're outside the pulpit? Well, that would unfortunately disqualify a lot of people. I know, I mean, it just, some of the people in the ministry, we get around them and it's like, what in the world? People, you know. Uh, you know, Chris and I have the privilege of hanging around a lot of ministers, and of course, a lot of ministers that are in circles, especially in Brother Randy's circles, are just amazing people, you know, wonderful, godly people, right? Every now and then, you get around somebody, though, and it's like, I, I can't do that, right? We're talking about some of those things in a minute. But uh, Paul said a little bit about this. He said in 2 Corinthians 11, uh, verse 13, he said, For such are false prophets, 
deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. Uh, he said, and no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Uh, and so, uh, you know, you can't go by what you see. Amen. Uh, well, I saw an angel. Well, was it God angel or was it angel uh, that uh, the devil was impersonating? Uh, and so now the thing about the church is we have the right and the privilege to never be deceived. Amen. You know that you, ha- you can live a life and never be deceived, never be uh, uh, taken advantage of. You can do that because we live in the New Testament. Old Testament people, not so much. New Testament people, you have the power of God in you. Amen. And so uh, Peter said that in 2 Peter chapter 2, he said in verse 1, but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them and, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Uh, and so uh, they, they're, they're bringing in, he called them damnable heresies, right? Not just heresies, but damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them. Uh, and so and he says, and many shall follow their pernicious ways. Many shall follow their pernicious ways. People are following false prophets all the time. Lots of people following false prophets all the time. Uh, and and he, by, reason, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Uh, and so, uh, and that second part is important. By reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. In other words, you know, if, if you're trying to live by truth, uh, follow God, don't sin, worship heaven. Uh, people are going, that you can't live that way. Nobody can live that way. Well, that's speaking evil of you. You know, a lot of times the church is saying, quit acting so church, you know, like a church. Quit saying things like righteousness and blood of Jesus and, and, and speaking in tongues. Uh, and they're trying to get you to not be you. Well, they're, they're speaking evil of the good that uh, God wants us to live by. And he said, and through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. And so we see one of the motivations of false prophets is to make merchandise of you, in other words, to enrich themselves by you. Uh, and it, anything wrong with giving to ministers? Nothing wrong with giving to ministers. Nothing wrong with, with, uh, with giving to the church. Uh, but if my primary motivation is finances, then I'm just here to make merchandise of you. I'm going to tell you what you want to hear, sell you what you want to buy, uh, give to you what you want, and who cares what the word says? Amen. That's making merchandise of you. Uh, and, uh, and so, and it happens all the time. Uh, and so, uh, so that, so number one way is what's their fruits? What are they saying? Right. And how are they living really outside the pulpit? And that's a, to me, that's a really easy way to find out, you know, uh, before someone does anything, Hey, let's go to lunch. Right. Let's see, see how they act at the restaurant. Right. Uh, and, and so, you know, that, uh, in fact, uh, one fella, uh, he called up one or two, to, uh, uh, speak at our church uh, as a guest minister, and I didn't know him, right? Never had talked to him before, uh, and uh, you know, I mean, that's fine. I have a problem with that, but you know, it's like, well, who do you know? And he said, well, I know this guy. I, was like, I don't know these people, because if he said, well, I know Brother Randy. Well, hang on, let me call. I'll call Brother Randy. Hey, Brother Randy, you know this fellow? Because you know, uh, if Brother Randy recommends him, then that would add weight to to me come let him come here. Amen. But if I don't know him, I don't know him. So it's not that I'm suspicious, but, you know, I don't know him. And so after we talked a while, I said, well, well why, don't, why don't I just come to one of your, if you're close by in, in the area, I'll just come to one of, your, one of your services, and then that way I'll see if there's a good fit. Amen? <clears throat> and so, uh, and I thought that, would be, you know, because it, uh, what, did, what, did, uh, what did the Lord tell, tell Abraham? 
in, in Genesis 18 when he was uh, going to Sodom and Gomorrah. <clears throat> he said, I've heard that there's sin going on there. He said, I've got to go down there and see if it's so. Well, how does the Lord not know if it's so? Well, I'm sure he knew it's so, but still sometimes he just has to be there. Well, why is that? I don't know. He just said that. Amen. So if he's got to be there sometimes, then it, then it would be reasonable for me to also follow his, uh, his leading, his, his example. And, and yes, I could know it by the Spirit of God, but sometimes until you go there, you won't know. Same thing, you know, when you're praying for folks, you don't know what to pray for them until, until you lay hands on them. Well, why don't you know what the, I don't know. It's just the way it is sometimes. Sometimes something has to occur first. Some natural event has to occur first before you know what's going on in the realm of the Spirit. Now, and I didn't write it that way. That's the way that what the Lord said there in Genesis 18. Uh, and so this fellow, then, then he rebukes me. He said, well, you should know by the Spirit of God. You don't have to be, come there. I'm thinking, well, that doesn't make any sense that you're rebuking the pastor that you want to invite you to come to his church, right? Uh, and so, uh, so we just kind of part of ways. And I'm like, well, you know, you show me your fruit. You're going to rebuke me uh, just because I don't, I don't operate the way you think I should operate, even though you've got no book, chapter, verse to demand it that way, to be done that way. Uh, and so, you know, that, that really told me all I need to know if you're going to disrespect me as a pastor. Now, I, you know, I don't care. I mean, I don't know him. He doesn't know me. Uh, but that, to me, that's a fruit. Amen. Uh, you should show respect to everybody, really, amen, uh, and not disrespect, disrespect somebody because they don't operate the way you think they should operate. Uh, and so, so that's, that's, to me, that's the number one thing that Jesus said. It's the number one thing that's important to me. How do you operate when you're outside the church? Do you, do you respect the pastor? Do you respect people in general? Do you respect the, the sound man and the door greeter and the, and the person who sits there and doesn't say anything? Do you respect all those people? Amen. Uh, the, the next thing is, um, does what they say glorify God? Amen. Uh, and so uh, he said um, in John 16, he said, He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. Uh, and so uh, there's a lot of different verses we can go through. We're not going to go through all of these things. We're going to run out of time if we do it, uh, go through every single, uh, every single one of these things. But this, but this is one easy way to also determine if this is a false prophet or not. Is what they're doing, is it bringing glory to God or is it bringing glory to themselves? Because the desire to, to bring glory to yourself is the original sin, right? It's, it's the pride that desired to be seen from, from Lucifer. When he wanted to be seen, he wanted to, to exalt his throne above the throne of the Most High God, and so he tried to glorify himself. Uh, and so you can, oftentimes you can see, uh, uh, and it, even if it's supernatural, right? Uh, where is the glory going? And, and, and the church is filled with the history of these types of things that people just, uh, you know, never, never caught on. You know, there was, there was one time when a lady, she would raise her hands and feathers would come out of her, uh, you know, out of her hands and she'd say, see, it's the dove of God. Because the Bible said that, that when, when Jesus was baptized with the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit of God descended on him like a dove. It wasn't a bird, you know, it wasn't actually a real bird that laid on his shoulder. It was like a dove. In other words, it was light, and it came down in a gentle way upon Jesus. It wasn't actually a bird, right? I mean, oh, it was like, a, and so, so if you've if you got feathers coming out of you, I mean, well, first of all, that's just dumb, right? Because, I mean, but the thing is, she was on all the circuits, right? Big name people would, would invite her to come. And so what they, what they did is, is somebody with some camera equipment took pictures 
uh, high-speed uh, photography, right, to see and slow it down to see what was actually happening. And they, they found it, pulling them out of her sleeve, right, because she'd always wear these long sleeve, and that's why I wear long sleeves, right, because i got feathers in here, and I can just, you know, look at the glory of God, you know. And, and so, because if I have short sleeves, it's harder to hide the feathers in your short sleeve, right? If you got long sleeves, you can uh, hide them better that way, and so that's, that's why we wear long sleeves, right? And so, you know, I'm being facetious, but, but see, everybody's like, oh, look at the feathers. Look at the feathers. Look at the amazing feathers. So what was getting the glory? The feathers. Oh, she must be moved to God. She must be a, a, a prophet of God. Uh, it was all her, 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 her. And you, and you think, well, I can't believe people would do that. Well, the next thing that came along was people had gold dust coming out of their hair. Do you remember, remember that one? They would shake the hair and gold dust would come out. It's like, you know, uh, I think head and shoulders will fix that, right? Like you get a bottle of head. But people are like, it's gold from heaven. Gold from heaven. Now, that's like, first of all, that just sounds kind of cornball, right? I mean, gold out of your hair. I mean, just, I mean, when was the last time you took a shower? I mean, you know, it's like, is that clean gold dust? I mean, I don't really know. But, but again, they got it all the circuits. Uh, worldwide, well-known preachers had them in their churches and their ministry, speaking to thousands of people. But she was getting all the glory. Oh, look at that gold dust. It's amazing gold dust. She must be used of God. And God wasn't getting the glory. It was the gold dust was getting the glory. And so, that, you know, I should tell you, it's like, well, what are we paying attention to? It wasn't like gold dust would came out and then people would get raised from the dead or there'd be some spectacular move of God. It was, oh, she's wonderful. Yeah. And so, uh, again, what, what's, who's getting the glory? Anybody, of course, this is close to home. Anybody remember the, 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 the oily Bible, right? Bible oil coming out of it? This one came out of Georgia. Uh, and they came, to, they came to, ten, to, to Dayton, Tennessee, in this city. Not this church, because we wouldn't have, you know, dumb things like that in this church. But, you know, in this city. And they said, it's, it's, a, it's from God. They put this Bible in this Tupperware. I didn't know, tup, did Tupperware come from heaven? I mean, it's pretty good stuff, but I don't know if it's Tupperware from heaven. Maybe it is, but... But they put this Bible in this Tupperware bucket, and oil would come out of it. And it's, it's of God. And they said, if you get some of this, it'll never run out. Like, you know, you're all making this up as you go along, because that's not how it started out, right? And, and I mean, maybe one of these days I'll grow up to be a little bit more, you know, confrontational. But it's like, give me that bottle. I'll just pour it out, right? And I mean, it would, it's, just, it's just voodoo, right? It's not, it's not even real. It's just voodoo stuff they're just making up. And, and it turns out somebody wa- knew the guy and goes, well, I, th- I think I saw him at literally at Tractor Supply getting like five-gallon buckets of oil. And somebody analyzed it. You can analyze stuff. And it's like, that's the same stuff that, they, that came out of that bucket from, from uh, you know, same chemical signature as, as, as the stuff from uh, Tractor Supply. And then, of course, it all fell apart. But they were all over the country. People were inviting them to, you know, these huge churches, right, and see this wet Bible. Uh, and it never runs out, as long as you got your five-gallon bucket of oil there, right? It never runs out, uh, and so it was just—it was just a sham. And then I read a long article about it, and the conclusion I came to was these two guys—they weren't even ministers, uh, but they'd gotten to a point where they—I really believe that what they wanted, their goal was—was was they'd gotten crossways with a church, and didn't like church leadership, and so they're trying to figure out a way to start a move of God without church leadership. And that was, it, so it was just rebellion, just general garden variety rebellion. They wanted the move of God without leadership of the church. And, and it became a machine. They didn't know how to stop it, right? Because 
you know, everybody's calling up, hey, can you come with your oily Bible? Oh, yeah, I'll come, you know. And, and look, they weren't even trying to get money. It was just the glory of it. Who's getting the glory, right? The Bible was getting the glory. There, there was no talk about how God moved and transformed people's lives. It was all about this Bible. Well, that's what's getting the glory. If God's not getting the glory, that should be really, and to me, it's like five seconds. You know, everybody's talking about this Bible, 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 Bible. It's like, okay, well, there, nobody's talking about Jesus. Nobody's talking about the power of God. Nobody's talking about lives transformed. They're talking about this wet Bible. You've got to see this wet Bible. And, and it's like, well, that just, you know, right off the bat, it sounds suspicious to me. God's not getting the glory about this. Bible's getting the glory about it. Uh, do, does what they say uh, agree with Scripture? You know, Second uh, Peter, also Second Peter says in, one, in verse, chapter 1, verse 21, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So Scripture was not just somebody writing it down. Scripture was things written down as God moved upon them to write those things down. So it doesn't matter what you say. Uh, it matters, you know, what's the inspiration behind it. Amen. Uh, and so, of course, this is an easy one. Are what they saying line up with the Word of God? You know, there was one fellow that uh, was preaching, and, and somebody who knew something went up and said, well, you, you said this, you know, you, you need to show me where you got that from the Word of God. And the, and the fellow said, oh, I'm way beyond that thing. That's what he called the Bible. I'm way beyond that thing. You know, the things I teach aren't, you won't find them in the Word of God, you know. And it's like, okay, well then you won't find me anywhere near you either. Uh, because everything that the, that the minister says should uh, be based upon the Word of God. And that's always, in fact, if you want to learn how to be led by the Spirit of God, just judge everything you think you hear by the Word of God and be willing to throw it away if it doesn't line up with the Word of God. Yeah, but God told me. It doesn't matter what you think God told you. Does it line up with the Word of God? It doesn't matter what you think I told you or what I tell you. It matters is, is what I'm saying line up with the Word of God, not just in, in the legalistic word, but in principle as well. Amen? Uh, and so, you know, that, 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 should, be, uh, that should be easy, but... Uh, I, I've told this before, but, you know, when, when the, in the, 220 elect, the 2020 election, uh, when all, all the stuff, the, the, when there was still, in some people's minds, hope that, that uh, President Trump would be uh, put back into office, there were prophets standing up and saying, we need to pray that the Lord break their teeth. All the people that are trying to hinder uh, the, uh, President Trump from, from remaining president. Break their teeth. Uh, okay, well, well, I have questions, right? I thought we lived in the New Testament where Jesus said, pray for your enemy. Love your enemies. Is that what he said? Amen. Now, Jesus always with, 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 uh, holds his highest uh, condemnation to church leadership. Amen. And he will take people out of the way uh, that, are in, that are hindrance to the church, even in the natural world, but that's on him. Uh, on my part, I pray for them. Amen. That's my part. That's my responsibility. Because that's what Jesus told me to do, pray for your enemies. Isn't that what he said? Uh, many times he, he said, pray for enemies, pray, pray, pray for those who despitefully use you and, and persecute you. That's our job. And so if I get up and say, well, don't do what Jesus said, let's go back to the Old Testament and find out what they did, and let's do that instead. Okay, well, I've got questions. You know, you can't tell me to do something that violates the word of God. And yet they're telling him, I'm the prophet of God. You pray that the Lord break. And then, so, so it wasn't just the prophet they were saying that, but then the ministers that I was hanging out with saying, well, the prophet said that, so we've got to do that. Well, they ain't doing that. I live in the New Testament. Uh, well, the prophet said it. I don't care. I, you know, I, I serve the Lord Jesus. Amen. I listen to prophets, but I serve the Lord Jesus. Uh, and if any prophet tells me to do anything that violates the word of God, that's an automatic no. 
It's not a, well, you know, they've, they've been in ministry a long time. We need to, no. It doesn't matter how long they've been in ministry. They've not been in ministry as long as the Word of God's been around. And so they have no weight. It doesn't matter what they say. And for, for any other person, especially another minister, I mean, you know, I know sometimes that the sheep can get enthralled and get, you know, starry-eyed by, by, by sometimes people with big names. But the ministry, we're supposed to be the guardians of these things. We're supposed to guard the sheep, amen? Protect the sheep um, and, and not go along with these things. And so, uh, you know, we don't, we don't dishonor the, the office of the prophet because if it's a real, you know, like I said, Brother Randy, he, he stands in the office of the prophet. And so I honor him in that role as the office of the prophet. But it doesn't mean I, everything he says, that, that regardless of what it says, that I agree with it, Amen. Now, he carries a lot of weight because of his 40 years of ministry service. But if there's something that just doesn't line up with the Word of God, and, you know, I mean, I can't tell you any heresy that he says, amen. Uh, I've known him for many years. But, you know, there may be even a few minor things in the Scripture that we, we don't see eye to eye on. But it, it's, not, it's not him trying to mislead anybody. You know, it's just difference of opinion sometimes. Uh, but uh, uh, as a whole, you can't just significantly violate the Word of God and say, the Word of God says this over here, but we're not going to do that. We're going to pull out some Old Testament stuff. Anytime people are basing their doctrine only on Old Testament Scripture, you've got to put pause on that. Because if you can't find light of that doctrine in the New Testament, you've got to pause on that because you can't build doctrine only on Old Testament Scripture. Amen? So be, and you've got to be careful about it. So is what they're saying, uh, does it agree with the Scripture? And to me, that should be an easy one. Amen? Um, and if it doesn't, it's no. It's, it's an automatic no. It's not a will wait and see. It's an automatic no. Uh, and now look, it, it, uh, can any prophet make a mistake? Sure, they can make a mistake. So just because they make a mistake doesn't automatically mean they're a false prophet. Amen? So you've got to be careful about, well, they're a false prophet because they said that. You know, I'm not going to judge anybody and say they're a false prophet. Uh, that's for the Lord Jesus to decide. But I can judge everything a prophet says and choose to accept it or not. And that's perfectly within reason of the, of the Word of God. Amen? Uh, and so just be careful about, you know, pointing your finger because I've been called a false prophet. You know, even I'm not even a prophet, but, you know, oh, you're false, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, and so, because I just didn't like something I said. Uh, but uh, that's another discussion. Uh, uh, next one is, <clears throat> are their prophecies fulfilled? Well, this should be a pretty easy one, right? Uh, they're prophesying things of the future, did it come to pass? I mean, that should be a pretty easy thing to figure out, right? Uh, how many of the prophecies about uh, President Trump coming back into, uh, into office uh, came to pass? Zero. So, I mean, if I said one thing, okay, you know, I said two things, I'm like, okay. I mean, there's like three or four things. You can be March and then April and then August. They kept pushing it out as if the Lord kept changing his mind. Sorry, I got busy on March. I, you know, I meant to do it in March. But now I moved, I moved the date to April. You know, April really works out better for me. You know, it's a little warmer then, you know, and so we can, we can get him back in office in April. And then April comes, it rained too much in April, so we're going to wait until it's drier. You know, really at the end of, you know, the summer in August, it's going to be better. I mean, is, is the Lord doing that? He's not doing that. Uh, but see, they did that. And so you would think that, <clears throat> you know, if somebody comes out just adamant about something like that, and then they change their mind uh, and, and uh, say these things, you know, you've, uh, to me, it's just, uh, that, that, that's, that gets right on the border of maybe they are a false prophet, right? They're, if they're continuing saying things and then, and then twisting scripture that said God changed his mind or, or whatever, you know, because if God says it's going to happen, earth would have to stop spinning before it doesn't happen, amen? So, 
Now, in the, in the Old Testament, uh, if you were, uh, uh, we, uh, we don't have time to go back in all, all of those scriptures, but you can, you can look it up later on in Deuteronomy 18, the discussion about when the, false, when the prophet speaks and it doesn't come to pass, then you've got to stone them, right? We live in the New Testament, so we don't stone them, but we, we don't also uh, give them any credence after uh, they start speaking and it's no longer fulfilled. Uh, in fact, uh, one, one person, this is when Brother Hagin was, was, um, was a pastor, uh, they, they had a, some kind of a prayer meeting and one of the ladies prophesied. Now, prophesying does not automatically make you a prophet, amen? Any New, Christ, New Testament Christian can prophesy, which means to speak by sudden inspiration of things present or future. Uh, and so you, anybody can do that, right? And sometimes the Lord will use just a regular person to, not a minister, but a regular person to prophesy of things of the future. And that's fine. Uh, it's perfectly within the, within the New Testament uh, realm of reason that that would happen. And so this, this, uh, this woman prayed and said that this, uh, there was a, a child of one of the, the people in the church that had been missing for decades, like 20, 30 years, uh, and nobody had seen from her, heard from her. Uh, and everybody just presumed that she was dead. Uh, and she prophesied, so within 30 days, uh, she'll, uh, the parents will hear from her. And someone went to Brother Hagin and said, you've got to tell them to stop prophesying that. And Brother Hagin's like, well, what would she say? Well, can't we just wait for 30 days, see if it's so or not? I mean, you know, because it was wrong, she shouldn't be prophesying that. Well, I mean, you can't say somebody shouldn't prophesy things if they're going to be right, right? And so he said, well, let's just wait. We can just wait 30 days, see if it's right. And sure enough, uh, like on the 28th day, 29th day, something like that, they got a letter of mail. Said, hey, I'm your daughter. I was, I was uh, kidnapped when I was 15 years old, and uh, I've got two or three kids now. This, this man, you know, and we ended up, uh, you know, uh, finding some kind of uh, agreement to live with each other. And, uh, and um, it was a long story, but, but um, <clears throat> uh, she came back and met her parents and met her kids and all, all kinds of stuff. And so, uh, so that came to pass, right? So... That now, they didn't make that woman a prophet, and she didn't claim to be a prophet, but she did prophesy of the, these things. So that, you know, that's one way. And that, again, that violates everything we heard prophesied around uh, President Trump, right? Uh, that he would be back in office. And so that should give you pause on these people who claim to be prophets, but prophesying multiple times that this event was going to occur. And it wasn't just one prophet. It was multiple prophets from across the nation who was prophesying these things. And look, I'm not mad at anybody. But, I, but if the word of God says, look, at the prophet doesn't, doesn't come to pass, but he's prophesying, he's not really a prophet. Amen? Now, and again, could they mess it? You know, sometimes they can make a mistake, but sometimes they're motivated by other things. There was some, uh, 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 and I'll just say, say a quick comment about this, but even when President Trump was around, you know, I liked the things that President Trump did. It never bothered me about his mean tweets, you know. I mean, I mean it's kind of my personality. I'd, be, I'd, yeah, I'd call him that all day long, right? Uh, and so, you know, I... He did act like a 12-year-old a lot of times, right? And, and um, you know, he could have been more presidential about things. But I did like a lot of things he did, you know, cut taxes and, and stood up with China and some things. And, uh, and so, I mean, I, you know, generally speaking, I, I like his, his general plan. Uh, but, you know, uh, he's not my example. He's been married three times, right? Cheated on his wife once or twice, you know? I mean, I, I, he's not my example in any way at all. You know, I've got other people that are great people of great character that I follow uh, for examples. But I was always amazed at the church. I mean, we held them up almost to be like the Lord Jesus and, could, and, and refused to look at them in a, in a real way, like, well, he's a man with flaws, and, you know, and, and he's not perfect. And, and although he's not perfect, he's still a pretty good leader, and uh, you know, I would like to, him to, to continue doing those things. But the church just went bonkers for him. 
And it's like, you could, oh, you, you, you know, he's perfect. You know, he's like the second coming of the Lord Jesus. And I mean, it's just, it was really odd. It, I thought it was really odd how much the church uh, promoted uh, President Trump as being the perfect example of how we're supposed to live as people. And now he's not my example in any way, really. Uh, because, you know, uh, although I thought his tweets were funny, a lot of them were disrespectful, right, and, and kind of mean. Uh, and so I couldn't do that, not all of them anyway. You know, one or two of them I probably could do. Uh, and so, so we've just got to be careful about these things, amen, because he's not, he's not a minister of any kind. He's certainly not the Lord Jesus. Um, and we've got two more things to, to look at, and then, um, uh, and then we'll, we'll get into, uh, and then we'll, we'll finish up for today. Um, oh, it, well, we've got a few more things here. Uh, so did it come to pass, right? But, but also, also in Deuteronomy where it says, if the prophet speaks something and doesn't come to pass, you stone him. It also says in chapter 13 that, uh, and I'll read this here, starting in verse 1. He said, if there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, he giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or wonder come to pass. Whereof he spake unto thee, saying, let us go after other gods which thou shalt not have known, and thus serve them. Uh, and so he's saying there are cases where the prophet speaks and it does come to pass, but then they also try to get you to walk away from God. So a lot of times, you know, especially the true false prophets who have some knowledge of the spiritual realm can yield to demonic spirits and can tell you things that will come to pass, uh, uh, not from a divine perspective, but just, you know, really it's rolling the dice, but they get it right sometimes. Uh, even if they get it right, that's not the only judgment, amen? Again, that's only one of several things, right? What's their fruits? Uh, does it line up with the word of God, amen? Does it come to pass? That is one of the things, but even if it does come to pass, that's not an automatic approval of, of what they've said. Or, uh, is what they're saying, does it lead me to the Lord closer, or is it to try to lead me away from the Lord and, and, and enrich themselves, right? So if they're prophesying things and it come to pass, now, uh, uh, please write me a big check well, then they're merchandising you, right? They're trying to uh, get money from you based upon uh, what they're saying. Uh, and so, again, just because of what they say comes to pass doesn't automatically mean that they're a prophet. <clears throat> and so that, that's what Deuteronomy says. Uh, if they prophesy, it comes to pass, but they say, let's, not, let's follow other gods, right? And, of course, they won't come out and say, let's follow Lucifer or something, but they'll turn you away from God, right? Well, you know, I'm the only one who you should, li- you should listen to. Not your pastor, not any other minister's, uh, I'm the only one that you should listen to. Uh, and so, you know, you've got to be careful about these things. Amen. Uh, and so uh, um, we've got just a couple of minutes here. Uh, what's, the, what's the product of their prophecy? Does it produce liberty or bondage? Amen. Uh, do they, are they putting you in liberty or making you more free or are they putting you more in bondage? Amen. And, and of course, uh, what's, the, uh, uh, what's the result of that? Well, uh, you know, uh, Again, we, we've got a lot of scriptures there. I mean, I've got pages and pages of scriptures here. Uh, well, we, can't, we don't have time to go into all of them there, but uh, he said in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty, For ye suffer if a man bring you into bondage, if a man devour you, if a man take of you, if a man exalt himself, if a man smite you in the face. Uh, and so a man, a man can bring you into bondage. A prophet can bring you into bondage. Uh, and uh, you know, one prophet got up and, and said, All you women, uh, he said, uh, you don't need to be wearing any silk pantyhose. You only need to wear cotton hose. I'm, I'm like, what? You know, I mean, uh, uh, you know, uh, just things like that, right? Especially natural realm, right? 
all you people, you know, you don't, uh, I mean, I had one fellow said, we shouldn't buy uh, expensive Bibles, only buy cheap Bibles. Because, you know, if you're spending money on an expensive Bible, you're not sending money to China. I mean, God's not limited, right? I can buy an expensive Bible and still send money to China for, for Bibles, right? But see, anytime somebody just puts you in, in bondage for just no reason, right? Uh, there's no bondage at all. The, 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 the freest you'll ever be is serving the Lord 100%, right? There's, there's no bondage in serving the Lord at all, amen? But oftentimes they'll try to find some natural thing. Nobody should eat French fries ever again. Nobody should ever eat this or that ever again. Nobody should ever do this or that ever again. Uh, and it's just always trying to just put you some natural constriction in your life where there's no sin in it, right? Is there any, any sin in wearing silk pantyhose versus cotton? I don't even know what the difference is, right? Uh, and so, and of course, it's, it's kind of, uh, I mean, we're, we're not even going to get into any, any, anything like that, right? Uh, but oftentimes, ministers will try to do that because if they can get you, if they can control you in some way, they know they've got you. You know, they're going to try and find some small thing to put you in bondage about, about, you know, you've got to do this or that. You know, you've got to, uh, if you're not getting up and praying at 5.30 every morning, you know, you're not godly. I mean, uh, I, I don't even have a 5.30 at my clock, right? Uh, and so, uh, and, you know, my wife likes to get up early and pray. That's great. Praise God. You know, I'm glad, you know, I'm not sure the Lord can even hear that, that early, you know, but maybe he can. I'm, yeah. may, but um, you know, I do my praying usually at night, you know, and so <clears throat> the Lord, I know the Lord hears me at night, you know, so. I don't know he hears her in the morning as well, but, but you know what I'm saying? So uh, things that aren't, that aren't biblical, but they'll just, they'll add that, uh, usually it sounds like an Old Testament kind of scripture, right? Don't eat pork. You should, nobody should eat pork. Uh, I mean, have you ever had pork, right? It's pretty amazing, especially a slice of Oscar Mayer bacon. Uh, and, and so, but oftentimes prophets will try to do that because they're trying to find some way, if they can get something in your life where they can control that thing, then see they can get you in other things. So, the, the, it, you know, a lot of these guys play the long game and they're going to try and find some small way to put you in bondage for things that don't even matter. Oh, yeah, I, I stopped eating pork. The prophet said don't eat pork, so I don't eat pork anymore. Well, okay, you got any book, chapter, and verse for that? In fact, I got book, chapter, and verse against that statement. Amen. Uh, and so they're not, uh, they're not saying things that line up with the word of God. And, and oftentimes what they say, putting you in bondage is in direct uh, contradiction to the word of God. But oftentimes, anything in the Bible says about uh, what kind of pantyhose you should wear? No, and so they'll, they can pick something like that that kind of sounds neutral. Uh, uh, but if the, if the Bible doesn't say anything about it, then why are you adding that to me? Amen? So, so if they're going to put a constriction in your life, they should have biblical basis for that. And if they don't, then, just, then that's none of my business, none of your business, amen, whether I do that or not. Uh, and so, you know, you should have certain hair, certain color hair, certain this or that. I mean, it's just, they make up stuff all the time. Amen? Uh, and so, um, so that, that's, uh, uh, and it, we could talk a whole lot about that one. Uh, but again, we're, we're about out of time here. The last thing, and this, this is really, because we live in the New Testament, this one is really the most important, uh, the important aspect of all of them. Uh, in 1 John chapter 2, it says in verse 20, but you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. And this is written to the church, not to the ministry, right? You have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. And verse 27 of the same chapter says, But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. Well, who is the anointing? It's the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, abides in you, and you, you need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and his truth and is no lie, even as, as taught you, you shall abide in him. So the same Holy Spirit 
that the, the, the prophet is supposed to be yielding to is the same Holy Spirit that's in you. And so you have a right to never be, ever be misled by any prophet of any kind, whether it's a false prophet, a false apostle, a false teacher. The Bible talks about all of those as being false. I've never heard about false evangelists. Uh, but in the Old Testament, uh, Jeremiah has a lot to say about uh, false pastors. Uh, you should never be led, misled by any ministry gift, uh, but especially prophets, right? Because we see that to be the, seem to be the, 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 the biggest uh, uh, area where there's problems in the churches and false prophets. Uh, you have the Spirit of God in you. We live in the New Testament. Nothing I say to you, even if your mind can't say, well, I've got book, chapter, verse against that, or, or your mind can say, well, you know, uh, that, that thing didn't come to pass, does, you know, we don't operate by our mind. If your spirit man goes, no, just no, then you just, go, then you just say no. It doesn't matter that you can give him book, chapter, and verse. If the spirit of God says no, then, you, then the answer is no. Amen. And the other thing in relating to prophecy, when a prophet, if a prophet prophesies over you or somebody prophesies over you, there should be something in your heart to go, yeah, I've been waiting for that for a long time. Amen. It shouldn't be new information. If I come up and say, well, the Lord's told me that, that you will be the next king of Sudan. I knew that was going to happen. I was just waiting for that to happen. <laughs> Nobody's going to say that, right? Nobody's going to go, that, it's about time, right? Nobody, everybody's going to be like, what? Where, I don't even know where Sudan is, right? It's over that way somewhere. Uh, and so uh, th there shouldn't be anything that a New Testament prophet tells you that your, that your spirit man, through the direction of the Holy Spirit, doesn't, doesn't witness and bear witness with you that it's, it's of God. And that's, that's, for the New Testament Christian, that's the number one way that you'll always know because th then, then they can't put a smoke screen. Well, you know, the Bible does say something about that. You know, they'll try to pull a smoke screen on you, but your spirit man here goes, it's just no. It's a hard no. Yeah, but, you know, he said these words. It doesn't matter. It's a hard no. But what happens a lot of times, and it's just an observation, is that oftentimes false prophets will, will say things to you that line up with your emotions. And if they can get you hooked into your emotions, then they've got you, right? And they'll say things like, well, you know, uh, you've had a difficult childhood, and so that's why, you, you know, I know one fella that he said he can't be successful because uh, the way his mother raised him. He's a grown man outside of his house, but he cannot be successful. And, and you think if a prophet came and said, well, the struggles that you have is because your mother was a single mother, and, and you know, uh, and the Lord knows that, and he understands. He understands that, you know, you can't live exactly right. No, that's just, no. Uh, you're required to live right regardless of how you was raised, amen? I was raised by a pack of wolves, and, and I turned out, for the most part, okay. You know, some of you may be like, yeah, that makes sense to me, right? But, uh, you know, I wasn't, my parents were not examples of being the best parents in the world. Now, I have nothing against my parents, and I'm not trying to dishonor them, but they weren't, they weren't born again. They didn't have the Spirit of God inside of them that I know of. Uh, uh, and so we weren't raised in, in a Christian home, Amen. Uh, and so uh, there's a lot of fighting, cussing, and a lot of crazy things going on in my household. But it doesn't, it doesn't constrain me at all. I'm not a product of my raising. I'm a product of what the Word of God says about me. Amen. Amen? Uh, and so you have the Spirit of God in you. You have a right to never be deceived, to never be misled, to never be led astray by any ministry gift at all in the New Testament. We live in the New Testament. Uh, and and uh, we, didn't, we didn't mention... Uh, one particular verse, but uh, uh, I did want to just at least mention this a little bit, uh, where it says, because this, this, this verse is used a lot, and, and then we'll go. Uh, it says in Second Chronicles chapter 20, uh, verse 20, because I hear this verse used a lot in this context. Uh, 
I'll just read the end of it. It says, uh, believe the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe, believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. And so a lot of prophets will get up and, and, and mention this verse. You've got to believe his prophets in order to prosper. Well, uh, it, it says, first of all, believe his prophets, right? It didn't say believe all prophets. It said believe his prophets. So that gives you an out, right? Because if what they're saying is not the word of God and not from him.